1: this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
2: Hey everybody, and welcome again to another edition of Soap Central Live here on the Voice of America Talk Radio Network. I am your host, Dan Kroll, and like we do every week at this time, We are going to talk about anything and everything soaps. Now, this week, I have a very special guest who comes with a very impressive resume. She's a former Miss Maryland. She's an Emmy-nominated actress who has appeared on five different soaps. She's a wife, a mother, a movie producer, and she is here to talk about all of those things and more. Uh, So please welcome my guest, Tanya Walker-Davidson.
3: Thank you. That was a lovely introduction, Dana.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of the show.
3: Oh, it's totally my
2: pleasure. Uh, so fans know, over the next hour, we're going to catch up with you. We're going to find out what you're up to now. Uh, of course, talk about your time on the soaps. huh. And in the second half hour, we're actually going to take calls from... The fans. Of well, course. that's
3: my favorite thing. So I can't wait for that part. Good.
2: Well, you know, ever since I announced that you were going to be a guest on the show, uh-huh. I've been receiving dozens and dozens and dozens of, of emails and you fan comments and all You're kinds of stuff. You're just saying that. Oh no, no really. <laughs> um, but you know, there's one thing that everybody is seemingly just wants to know: who would Alex have endorsed in Landview's mayor campaign, Dorian or Vicky?
3: Anybody but Dorian. Anybody but Dorian. So, so it would have been Vicky. It would have been a, it would have been difficult, but she would have definitely not
2: endorsed Dorian. <laughs> if I had known that, I would have considered a run. Maybe, I, maybe I could have gotten a couple votes.
3: Oh, yeah. Well,
4: she can't uh, of stand course. Dorian, you know,
3: and Dorian can't stand her. So it's a very, it's, a, it's, uh, <laughs> there's always something that Alex has been able to find Good about about Vicky, but there isn't much of anything that she's ever been able to find good about Dorian. So that definitely would be would be the case.
2: Of course, we are talking about your role on One Life to Live, but no
3: life at all, as we used to call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, we're going to talk a little bit about that, certainly. Uh, oh, you know, I love
3: that. We would answer the phone in the makeup room, and instead of saying One Life to Live, we'd say. No life at all. <laughs> People on <laughs> the other end will be going, uh, uh,
2: uh. It's funny. Did anybody ever hang up thinking that they had the wrong number? <laughs> of course,
3: yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
2: I great I can't imagine that, uh, well, did anyone ever say to you, hey, uh, you know what, maybe you better knock that off or come up with something? Uh.
3: Oh, no. No, we all had names for the different soap operas that were kind of risque. We used to call Young and the Restless the Hung and the Breathless, and it, it just got worse and <laughs> worse. <laughs>
2: Wow, okay,
3: no, that's well you know it's, it's, the good news is we're on radio. I can say whatever i want
2: you know i, I tell myself that every week, but I still have that three <laughs> second filter just in case
3: <laughs> yeah we ha you have to have a sense of humor,
2: well, I then, do anyway, well, well, then we're going to have uh, a lot of fun over yep. the next hour yep. um you know it, it's It's interesting to me how people get to where they are uh my story is I went to school for medicine, ended up talking about soaps. Oh, my God. Now, for you, you started off, as as I mentioned, you're a former Miss Maryland, and mm-hmm. you went on to compete in the Miss USA pageant. Oh, right, right. Now, to me, on the outside looking in, I think that, you know, the pageants and soaps have a lot in common, and that I think there's a lot more work that goes into them than what maybe people on the outside see. Is that a, a fair statement?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. it's... Well, it can be like the Olympics almost. I mean, I worked out four hours a day. I'm sure Olympians work out a heck of a lot more than that, but I worked out four hours a day every day for a long, for a long, long time. I mean, for, for a couple of years. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you have to keep your grades up and you have to make everything on the outside look pretty much perfect all the time, which is a lot of, a lot of work and, um more now than then, I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> more work now. Um but it, it it you know it's um very competitive, um extremely competitive. Um there's a there's there, there's a hierarchy of people that you have to please. Um hmm. just like in daytime there's there's uh you know there's your pageant director and your regional director and your national director and you know things like that. Um and I was Miss Teen All American, which was, the, I won the national pageant when I was a teenager hmm. for the whole country.
2: Okay. And,
3: and um and I got to fly around the world and be an ambassador to different countries when I was 17, 18 years old, which was a oh, really wow. great, really great thing. And um and prior to that, I had had a weight problem in my early, all, from the time I was in like fourth grade till I was about ninth grade. I got called fatso Tantantani Godzilla for his head, all these different things and Wow, I had tried every diet in the whole world and um i was a i was a i was a brainiac kind of person. I went to Hopkins when I was fourteen for the study of verbally gifted youth. I was you know the head of the debate team, president of the the personal the the first student on the board, of the student council and then I was on the, I was the first student on the Board of Education and I did all kinds of stuff with politics and, but I just, you know, wasn't pretty. And, um, so, I, I you know, it just, it just was amazing when I finally got, um, you know, finally lost weight. Um, and they came out with hair dryers by, and round brushes that could pull curl out of hair. And, um, you know, and and it cha- it changed my life. I never thought, um, you know, much about what I about what I look like. So when I got into the um, beauty pageants, it was an accident. My um, my neighbor, I babysat for this woman, Winnie Waters, and she um, s- sent my picture in, I guess, to to the Miss Teen All American People, and I received a acceptance letter in the mail. That was the first inkling I had that I was in a pageant. Oh, wow. And um, and so it sort of took off from there. Then the Miss Maryland people saw me, and they wanted me to compete and da-da-da. And, um, and the reason I did is because I come from a really tiny town called Kingsville, Maryland, which is outside of Baltimore. Um, and I've always come from a tiny little town, and I always knew I wanted to be in uh, what I thought was I, wa- I was going to be a singer. And I always knew I was going to be a singer and or an actress eventually. But how was I ever going to get out of the little town I was from to have an opportunity to do that? Hmm. And um, so this gave me that opportunity. And so I've always had um, an, a, a respect for for um, for the reason why women get into beauty pageants. It's it's there's there's got to be a way to get out of out of your tiny little town, and and uh, and to pull yourself out of the crowd and, and to be noticed, so that you have a shot at getting in an open
2: door, and um, and that's one way to do it. Well, there's something that you touched on twice that me, I just feel watching television, reading the internet, seeing certain things. I think is is particularly relevant. What do you say to people out there who also feel that? Uh, they, they question their, their looks. Or for kids who don't think it's cool to be so smart, to be on the debate team, to want to succeed.
3: Well, I just, uh, I, I, I try to tell my own children, you know, do you want to, do you want to own the bank or do you want to be a bank teller? Do you want to be the, the, you know, you, you have a shot in, in, in America to be To be the president if you want to be the president. You can be, you know, at the top, you can be at the top of any field in, in this country. And, uh, and if you don't take your grades seriously and you don't take your, your academics seriously, you'll pay the price for it later. Hmm. No question. I mean, I'm, I'm quite sure that Bill Gates did pretty well in school. Um, and, and so you, you, you want to make sure that, that you take that really seriously. It's a, it's really important. Um, when it comes time to go to certain colleges, <clears throat> when I was younger, I had no idea how important it was to go to any particular college. It was just taught to me to go to college was important. And when, mm-hmm. I, was, when I was growing up, it was like you went to the college that was closest to your house. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. all there was to it. There wasn't this, you know, where, where parents take their kids on these, journeys from state to state to you know to see which one they like the best and all that 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 didn't exist when I was a kid um so I didn't know at the time that if you went to Yale drama school you got in every door you wanted to get in in Hollywood for forever I didn't know that um I didn't know a lot of that I didn't know, didn't know if you went to the the film school at USC that again every door in the, in in the in the show business world would be cracked open for you hmm. um, so I'm just letting everybody know if they don't already <laughs> that, that there are some schools that are so well respected in so you know various fields that if that's if you really want to be somebody in one of those in any particular field and you can find a college that has um the reputation to to be able to help launch your your career um then then you need to work really hard to get into that school i mean that's my daughter is at u s c my oldest stepdaughter is at u s c and I am so thrilled for her um because she wants to be in show business and she okay. will be you know i mean i I know that she will be because that's where she went to school um i mean Steven Spielberg walks over there and gives talks i mean it it's wow. it's amazing. But when I was growing up, you just went to the college that was closest to your house that you could afford to go to, and that was the important thing: is that you graduated from college. You know, it it really didn't matter which one you went to, at least not when I was growing up. So um things have things have probably not changed that much. It just it wasn't it wasn't made it wasn't made known to me how important it would have been to choose a different school. But my route went a different route anyway because I went through the pageant system, so that that's what helped me
2: was acting always something that you wanted to do, or did you sort of just stumble upon it?
3: No. I knew I was going to be an actor since I was three or four years old. Um, I have mixed feelings about reincarnation, but I think it's weird that a three- or four-year-old would know for sure what they wanted to do when they grew up. <laughs> you know, um, But I did. And so um, I never knew how I was going to get out of where I was to be able to do what I wanted to do. My mother once took me to see Barbara Eden in um uh Annie Get Your Gun. Okay. And afterwards, we waited afterwards to, to uh, I wanted to I wanted to meet her. I wanted to meet her so badly. <laughs> I wanted to let her know I knew what she was doing and I was going to do that. Oh. And um we were waiting and waiting and all of a sudden the this limousine pulls off, and they said, oh, she's gone. She left. She didn't come out this door. And, oh, oh I was just devastated. And I went home, and um, Mom looked in on me later, and I was crying. And she said, Tanya, you, you've got to stop this. I said, but I just, how am I ever going to get to do that? And, um, you know, honestly, if, if you, in your heart of hearts, that, that God that's in all of us, in your heart of hearts, if you really want to do something, it, it it will happen in your life. I mean, I I believe that. Um, and And you never know how it 's going to happen, but if you hold it really tight in your heart and you know it 's something that you 're meant to do then 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 the opportunity will come. but when you 're a little kid, you can 't imagine how that 's going to ever happen and
2: um well we 're going to talk more about how it happened uh, <laughs> when we come back from our break, we will have more with Tanya Walker Davidson when we come back after the break here on Soap Central Live.
1: Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm here with tanya walker davidson and we are going to find out now how tanya transitioned from the world of pageants to daytime drama
5: (laughs) that
3: sounds like a drama in and of itself it
2: kind of does so Uh were you a soap fan even before you you landed on a soap or
3: absolutely oh yeah i was there when they started young and the restless yeah, yeah, and figure that now you can figure out how old I am. I loved it when they started Young and the Restless. I was right there and I watched every show. I was young, really young, and um, I wasn't in diapers, but I
4: was
6: really
3: young. <laughs> 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 and I watched it all the time, and I loved it. And um, when I got into Hollywood, I did a lot of nighttime and movies, and I did pilots for TV series. And I was very, again, I was nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. And I really didn't know anybody there, and the whole place was pretty scary and um when the pilot that I did for um, called it was actually for Warner Brothers and n b c was called the Hoyt accident show, and when I did that and they didn't pick it up um my agent said that two different soap operas had asked me if I would be interested in doing them, and she said that she had told them, no, absolutely not. We're doing nighttime in movies and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I said, no, actually, I, I love soap operas. I'd love to do a soap opera. And, you know, they wanted to shoot me. Um, they <laughs> said, you don't go from nighttime in movies to daytime, but I did. And, you know, really, it, it wasn't the best career move in the world, um, but it made me happy. And okay. it gave me a really good career. I mean, I started out with Heather Locklear, and we were all, always up for the same parts and um and she hmm. certainly became a much bigger star than I did um because I got into daytime and 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 she she stayed out there and then right after I got into uh capital she got um i think it was dynasty I think it was yeah. dynasty yeah um You know, so, I mean, career-wise, maybe I I made a mistake, but, you know, I think life turns out the
2: way it's supposed to, so there you have it. You mentioned capital, and you mentioned making mistakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just looking ahead at some of the other things that you did. (laughs) <laughs> and you were on... What do you know? You were on General Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not you personally. I'm just looking at your at your, your resume here. Oh, okay, good. You were on General Hospital for a couple of years playing uh, Olivia St. John Jerome, which oh, yeah, is really a perfect wonderful. soap name. Loved her. Now, Tanya, uh, I'm looking at her highlights. Daughter of a mob boss. Right. Stocked Duke Lavery. Right caused Anna Devane to have a miscarriage. Right. <sighs> was shot and rendered comatose. Mm-hmm. Suffered from amnesia. Mm-hmm. Was institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Was killed by her brother Julian. Yeah, that was very
3: bad. Oh. Okay, up to that up to that point we were we were on a roll. Um, <laughs> what
2: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's what what I happened said. was
3: um, we got a new producer named Joe Hardy. And the show was number one and he came in and decided to kill me and like fourteen other people off the show. Wow. And the show went from number one to number seven in like five minutes. Wow. And then he got fired. Oh. And um that was the end of him. However, I was already shown in a co- in a in a coffin and I remember walking in his in his office and what had happened was my character was supposed to be on there for thirteen weeks, not very long. And um and the writers and and Wes and and I we kept coming up with different ways to keep me around cuz my character was so bad. She was supposed to come on be bad, get killed <laughs> off and that was that. So, um so they figured out how to keep me around and then how to redeem my character, which was really really fun. They had this helicopter crash and I had escaped from the mental institution with Colton and I had a gun and I shot him and I got shot in the leg and anyway, um uh, we found out what her backstory was. We had two weeks of Colton's, C- Colton, uh, Scott Thompson Baker and, and me in this cabin and we found out all her backstory and why she was so mean and horrible and rotten. And, uh, and, and then he brought her back to, to, to confess to the things that she had done wrong and then her brother shot her in the back. Mm. The, sh- the shot in the back thing happened because Wes Kenny left the show and Joe Hardy came in. And we had all, meaning all the writers and Wes and me, we'd worked so hard to get Olivia redeemable. Right. So when he comes in, when Joe comes in and decides to kill her, I was furious, you know, because we had worked really hard for for a couple, like a long time, like two years, um, to change it around. So she could stay there, and I loved being on that show. It was like my favorite. I just loved it. I wanted to stay on there forever and um anyway, so I remember walking into his office and saying, "Do you have to show me in a coffin and and then my i've I've got a little temper, and I said, "God forbid anything ever happens to you oh. and I, and somebody wants to bring me back into the show." if I'm in a coffin you're making that kind of difficult.
2: Oh, we know that's not true. And he
3: said, No, actually on G H they had never before, up to that point in all the years they've been on, they had never brought on anybody to play anybody else. Oh. And they had never like they'd never recast anybody, they had never brought anybody back from the dead. It was something they were known for.
2: Really? Mm mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. It was really pretty amazing. And um anyway he didn't care very much. <laughs> and uh and anyways so, so he did he you know, so the show tanked because they got rid of a whole bunch of us that people loved and um and then they brought Gloria Monty back, she right. brought back Jeannie and, and tony and um uh, and and then they built the show back up and 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 there you have it um but that's what happened that's what that's what happened to me. I thought it was just the worst thing in the whole wide world, but if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have gotten one life to live, which turned out to be another really c- incredible character, so. Like I said before, your life turns out the way it's supposed to.
2: And it was obviously it was it was a long run, uh, at least seven years straight, I guess. On uh, on
3: on one life it on was one over eight. It was over
2: eight, and okay. then um,
3: and then they brought me back two years later, and the year right. after that, and the year after that. So.
2: Now you were introduced. Alex was introduced as a federal agent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but
3: things for her changed kind of
2: quickly.
3: That's another producer thing. Um, Paul Roush wrote the part for me, um, brought me on, uh, after a screen test for Tina. Oh. And, uh, they, they hired Karen Witter for Tina and then they created Alex Olenoff for me and, uh, and it was really, uh, you know, I was supposed to be Bob Woods, love interest, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then Paul left the show and I was, I went through six producers on that show in eight years. Oh, wow. So the new producer comes in and it was Linda Gottlieb and she, Mm-hmm. you know they always want to just like you would want to or anybody would want to put their own stamp on their own thing so they they cut out as many peripheral people as they possibly can and usually it's everybody except the main family you know mhm so i was i was uh reading in the star <laughs> Truly, that, okay. uh, that I was gonna be, that, that Alex was gonna be caught in a fatal attraction triangle. Well, I had just done fatal attraction triangle on 3,000 miles away. <laughs> so I, so I ran upstairs and I said, what is this I'm reading in the star that I'm doing a fatal attraction triangle again? I just, I, I just did this. <laughs> and they said, who told you? I said, nobody told me. It's in the, it's in the star. Here it is. And, um, I said, if you're going to kill me off, please give me something else to do. Everybody that watches One Life watches GH and vice versa. Right. I, people have already seen me do this. Please let me do something different, you know. Um, well, lo and behold, she changed her mind. People wrote in, she changed her mind, and, and uh thank God. I, I I got to do the fatal attraction, but I didn't have to die. So.
2: That's always, <laughs> always a plus, certainly. <laughs> wow. Uh <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious, how soon into your time there did all of these changes start? Right away. Really? Yeah,
3: I had just like emptied my last box when they were gonna um, they were gonna kill me off. It was it was pretty sad.
2: Wow. Uh
3: um, But not on General Hospital. General Hospital, I was there, you know, three years before this man came in. <laughs> Um but Your I had brother. just gotten to New York and it only been on one life a couple of months before Wow. Paul left and she came in and I was like, Oh my god, you know, I haven't even paid for the move yet and uh and here we go. But um but thank God that didn't work. So uh and then she ended up giving me the best storyline I've ever had with um on that show, um, you know, with, with Tom Christopher and, uh, right. we were in TV Guide as like one of the hottest couples, which to tell you the truth was really kind of sick. We were like this S&M couple. We did these crazy things with, you know, there was one thing we played called Gypsy Bandits. I, I don't even know what that is, but we left it up to the audience's imagination and I would have like, <laughs> like scarves and, and like, like, uh, like eyes like things over my eyes and, and feathers and stuff and, and we made it sound like we were doing all these really erotic crazy things. We didn't show anything of course and, and I don't know what Gypsy Bandits was, but we were voted one of the hottest couples on the world. <laughs> We were T V guide and everything else. And I guess it's because everybody has such a great imagination that um it it really it it really rang for people. It was
2: I just thought it was so funny. Soap fans definitely have uh, some interesting ideas. And uh, when we come back in our our second half, I'm going to find out how much you remember about your character. Uh, In November 1994, Alex was involved in this elaborate wedding in Central Park with an Egyptian Cleopatra sort of theme. Uh, For everyone out there who's listening, do you remember who was the groom at this particular wedding. We will get that answer when we come back with more of Tanya Walker-Davidson on Soap Central Live.
5: Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 VoiceAmerica.com
1: Hey Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, soapcentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
6: Once upon a time there lived three energy hogs. Now an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage.
5: Let's look for leaky windows, said the
6: first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a (laughs) swing said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks.
5: I open as leaky windows
6: cried the first energy hog.
5: I open as leaky doors
6: cried the second. I open has the bathroom cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreddylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public
2: service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council.
5: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the Daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
5: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back. It's hard to believe that we're halfway through our show.
3: Dan, uh, who slept with who and who came back from the dead the most times?
2: That's I wrote funny. that.
3: <laughs> that was funny. I want to know the answer to that question. Let me know?
2: Show. That's a future show. <laughs> okay. All right. All right.
3: Well, you have to let me know when that one's going to be on, because oh, I'm ab- very curious.
2: Absolutely. Well, since you're, you're, you want to know answers... Why don't you give us uh, an answer to our trivia question? In November 1994, uh, Alex was involved in an elaborate uh, Egyptian-style wedding in Central Park.
4: Yeah. Who it was, one was
2: of the, the group
3: watched weddings on television ever? Um, obviously Asa, Asa of course.
2: Buchanan. Well, yeah. You know, I, I watched a, a clip of the wedding on YouTube and you did? It was <laughs> uh it just it, amazing. It was not it was just unlike anything I'd Ever ever done or ever
3: done since? I know it was really, really something. Um, Gary Tomlin directed that, and he did the most wonderful job. Um, I remember they, they, and and, oh, Susan Gammy. I think she won the Emmy for best costumes that year. It it was, it was just, it was just amazing. The crew did the best, the best job ever. We always had the best crew anyway, but they just, it was just sensational. I was on this barge. uh coming around the bend in Central Park and I remember shooting it at like it was on a fall morning in October and it was cold out in the morning at six o'clock and of course Alex had to have mostly naked um Egyptian men with their just their little loincloths on and their headdresses and that's it um rowing her or you know, over to where the uh ceremony was going to take place, <laughs> I felt so sorry for these boys and um and you know the Buchanans were there on horseback, and there were men dressed up like nuns who were going to kidnap me and and then the Buchanans had to come over with the rescue, and they were riding through the park on horses and oh it was just it was just absolutely fabulous.
2: Uh, you know, I, I think that we'd probably be uh, remiss if we didn't mention that uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Phil Carey's death, who oh. of course played Asa. Oh and, yeah, you know, so you sad. shared a lot of screen time with him. So I'm just oh, I
3: sure did. We you had have so any many
2: memories. And, oh, we
3: had so much fun together. Um, he was he was um, he was very funny. He had an incredible sense of humor. He was a gentleman. He loved to play golf. Um, he He was a man's man, that's for sure um, and he was not a morning person um <laughs> he'd come in if he was called in at like seven in the morning uh he was never very happy about it, and that's when they you know you do your blocking and they tell you where you're gonna sit and stand and move in your scenes and he would say, "I'm sitting here, she can walk around me and um she's younger than me, she can walk around me." Um, and I would just laugh he he was he was um, he was always on he was always good um he he always knew what he was doing he he was always professional um, but he was very funny and and you know when you 're working that closely with people for that length of time it 's really wonderful when they have a sense of humor and you can have a lot of laughs so uh, i I enjoy that a lot.
2: Absolutely. You know, I've, so many people have shared so many uh, funny stories and, and memories that, uh, it, you know, the. some fans don't get to see these things. We only get to see what's on screen, and it's so important, I think, to hear these stories of people who, particularly who worked with him. Yeah. Have you heard
3: a lot of other stories?
2: Just, you know, funny things about uh, people accidentally sitting in his chair and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know uh, don something I, I remember a story about donuts i don't remember what the donut story was but i just remember hearing it or reading it online and and just laughing yeah. uh you know it seems like he was larger than life
3: oh definitely definitely well both of our characters were
2: well and that's it, what
3: made the 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 um the coupling of the two of them so so good you know um I think for for a long time, Alex brought out the the youth and the mm-hmm. uh, and the fun of of of, of uh, ASA, and um, they would have Porsche races and Ferrari races and um, you know all night sex romps and you know all all kinds of stuff like that and and that that and and that's what you know everybody again it you talk about it but you don't actually show it and everybody is, just loves that I mean there's so much more. Sexuality in, in leaving something to the imagination than there right. is in showing everything. Um, and so, with he and Tom both, we, we had very, you know, pretty hot stuff going on sometimes, and, and, and yet it wasn't always on camera, you know.
2: Hmm. Well, speaking of being on camera, I actually, uh, some emails have come through from fans with questions. I have one from Holly in New Jersey mm-hmm. who wants to know. Would you ever consider a return to one life to live
3: uh, I'm sorry, dead air um I would love to go back to one life to live um I would want it to be for in in a in a i would want Alex to be Alex the last few times they've brought Alex on except for the tuck Watkins um time which they actually wrote really really well but the few times before that um, they they made it out as, as if she they didn't have her be as intelligent as she was they didn't have her be uh, um, really who she really was they, they brought her in and had had me play her as a gold digger um, as if that's that's all she was, and and the one thing about Alex is that she was smarter than anybody in the room all the time, and uh, and always had a plan, and always had a game, and always had an angle, and um, you know, and when they brought her back to 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 do the romp with the Tuck, tuck walk the character, you could see that, and that was really fun. Unfortunately, again, it was for the money, um, but at least the 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 rapport between the two of them was was. You know intelligent on both of their parts and uh, and and that was really fun um, but but when you come back to a show after you've been gone a long time, sometimes the people write you differently than they did when you were there all the time right and and so I would love to go back and have the um, the depth that i that I was able to have before with the with the way they used to write
2: well some of that depth helped you. Uh earned an Emmy nomination for Outstanding yeah. Supporting Actress in 1993. Yeah. Now, yeah. forever, you will always be uh, introduced, I guess, as Emmy nominee, I Tanya know. Walker-Davidson. Yeah. Um, you know how, What does it feel like to get that call to find out that you've been nominated for an Emmy?
3: Oh, It's, been, it's the best feeling in the world. Other than having my children, that was the happiest day of my life. And and my day I got married, but that was the happiest day ever because we all want to know that everybody respects what we do, and um, especially your peers respect what you do. And there's just nothing like that. There's absolutely nothing like that in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people I was nominated with were just so good. Um, and one of them was Jill Larson. And mm-hmm. Jill does comedy, and I do comedy. And, uh... The other woman that was nominated, who won, I can't remember her name. <laughs> I know that's just horrible.
2: But we'll maybe get that answer after the next break. <laughs> I
3: would, would, I, I, there's a part of Alex that's like me. and See, Alex wouldn't remember her name either. Isn't that terrible? Um, but she was a fabulous actress, and I know that for sure. But she, died, she was being written off of a, of a CBS show, and she had been pregnant or something and got hit by a truck or a train or or, or something and 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 I didn't watch the show I didn't know this um, the woman I thought was going to beat me was um Kimberlyn Brown who was playing this evil character on Bold and Beautiful or Young and the Restless crossover at the time that's who I was really concerned about because I thought she was great and um, but I just wasn't familiar with the work of of this other really sensational actress um but Jill did write me this 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 funny funny note um after the both of us lost and uh and she says I I guess when you're funny you, you just don't win they just don't really get what you're doing um so maybe if we get nominated again we'll have to make sure that we're pregnant and we get hit by a train and then we'll have a shot at number 1 <laughs> <laughs> I just that was, oh wow that was the sweetest thing that she would think of me and go to all the trouble to handwrite me a a, a note like that um i'll never forget it as long as i live and and what a classy woman what a classy lady and she's a wonderful actress and a really terrific mom and uh and i just heard she just resigned with all
2: my children which just thrills me to death uh, a lot of people are are so happy that she'll be back on contract yeah uh, i have the name i believe the name of the actress who won that year uh is ellen parker
6: ah. Yes. Who and played
2: Maureen brilliant. Bauer on Guiding Light. Exactly. So this is the place for all of the answers. And we're actually coming up on another break. Oh, okay. And we're going to get some answers from you in the next segment about what you've been up to since you've left daytime. So okay. stay tuned for more with me and Tanya Walker-Davidson after the break here on Soap Central Live. Thanks.
5: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
6: What I
4: want to be when I grow up by Johnny... M- Dad,
5: it's John. I got the promotion.
0: We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org, you're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
1: Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series?
5: For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk.
1: are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want a dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back. We are closing in on the end of our hour here with... Tanya Walker-Davidson, uh, I'd like to find out, you know, so many fans want to know what have you been up to since they last saw you on Daytime?
3: Okay, well, I produced a film called The Derby Stallion. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found Zach Efron. He had a recurring part on Summerland, and I um, had him in to read for Patrick in uh, The Derby Stallion, and I cast him in that. And then High School Musical came out six months later, so The Derby Stallion... Um, Did really well for 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 me, and and that was my first film, and um, so that's that was great. It's a family movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two beautiful children um, of my own, and three great stepkids who are older. My kids now are ten and eleven, so now I feel like I can go back to work. I just finished writing a children's book uh, called "Wear a Silly Hat," which is the first in a series of of books that kids can read to learn how to make themselves feel better in different situations that happen to them in, in life. Okay in a healthy way. Um, that's a, today that's I worked important. on uh, daytime stands with Haiti. Um, if anybody wants to donate to Haiti through the daytime community, if they just go to my Gmail daytime stands with Haiti at gmail.com um, the very first um, in my inbox, the very first thing is, is uh, partners in health. And if you just go to Partners in Health fundraising page, um that's, that's how you, that's how you get in. Or you can just do, um it's HTTP colon, you know, this is long.
2: You know what? Can, I'm that. gonna make sure that we put the link up to Alright, just put the
3: link up on, on your site, you got it. Absolutely. And then people can donate to that. I think it's important that Daytime has a presence in, uh, in helping these people, cause, uh, we all certainly want to, all of us, all of us in this country want to help them. Um, and what else? I sing, and I have my own radio show coming up. How about them apples?
2: So you're going to be a colleague. I'm going
3: to be a Dan Kroll.
2: Oh, wow. How
3: about them apples?
2: I don't know if that's a good thing or that a very
3: thing. good thing. No, I'm very happy. I'm going to be me, but um I've always wanted my own talk show and that's what that's what this is going to be. It's going to be the business of uh of life. Um, hmm. uh Tanya Live. I'm going to have uh people from show business, uh, the financial business world, news, um Uh, fashion, home, children's information, things, anything I think that women, but not exclusively women, would want to know. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and I can't wait. It's going to be on live at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and 10 to 11 Pacific Standard Time on Voice America.
2: Well, you know, something that you mentioned that uh, you're going to have topics on that are of relevance to women, of course, and, and other listeners, something that I get a lot of feedback and email. Not a day goes by where I don't get a message from a working mom who mentions that it's so hard to juggle the responsibilities of work and home and, and still having time to unwind. And, oh, and it's almost watch impossible.
3: It, it, you, you just decide, you just have to de- resign yourself that you're going to feel guilty all the time.
2: <laughs>
4: okay. Oh, <wow. laughs> if you're at work,
3: you'll feel guilty that you're not at home. And if you're at home, you feel guilty that you're not working. And it's the silliest thing in the world, but it's the truth. Um and, and, and no one told us that growing up. They told us that we could have it all. And you can't. You can't have it all at the same time. You can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. You can't be 100% there for your kids and work and be 100% there for your job. There's, there, it, 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 it's, it's not possible. There's only 100%, <laughs> you know? So um so the energy that it takes to do both uh, very, very, very well is um is, is extraordinary and that's why our health and our, you know, yoga and Pilates and vitamins and nutrition and all those things are so important.
2: I, I get the feeling there's going to be a, a lot of phone calls home to moms uh, at the end of this hour. Uh, certainly just to uh, say thanks to I everyone. I hope so. Uh, so basically, I mean, what do you say? I mean, certainly there are people who do feel guilty, and and knowing that no one can do it, certainly even someone who uh, has been nominated for an Emmy has been on the soaps, that even you uh, feel that it's difficult. I mean, how do you come to terms with that?
3: You have to decide what's more important, um, and and again, you have to lower your standards of perfection a little bit. Hmm. Um, The truth is your children will probably be fine, um if you if you love them to death and uh i think that's the key <laughs> is is letting them know that you love them that, that you just love them to pieces more than anything in the whole wide world and if you're fortunate enough to be able to spend as much time with them as as you can um I, I, that's that's the most important job in the world um for those of us who have to work to make money to help take care of them they have to understand that and they do um but it is different for men. I mean, I don't think men ever say, gee whiz, I wonder how I'm going to do this job and still have time for my kids. Um, you know, every, men just don't think like, think like that. Hmm. Um and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it but, but the, but the beautiful thing is, it's, I mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm glad I was born a woman. I'm glad I've had this experience. I, uh, it's the best experience I ever had, so. Wow.
2: Uh, it's amazing. Now, we're, you can believe it, we are closing down on time. So I don't get I'd,
3: to answer any phone calls?
2: I, I, I don't know whether the time went. You're going to to
3: me back, Dan.
2: I, I think you're going to have to, and yeah. we'll do <laughs> a, an hour of, uh, of fan uh, messages and, I and I calls. I love
3: that. It's my favorite thing. So they can, they can call in when I'm on, um, starting on March 10th. Yeah, March and
2: 10th. That, and of course, the information of how they can donate money uh, to Haiti. Uh, We'll post all that information on SoapCentral.com and on our Facebook page and link to you and all that other good stuff. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. Oh,
3: thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're doing this. You know, daytime needs more people like you, more supporters like you, and I can't thank you enough for all you're doing for the daytime community. Well, thank you so
2: much, uh, ladies and gentlemen who are listening. This was Tanya Walker Davidson. She has been so gracious to give us an hour of her time, and she'll be back. So if you didn't get through, uh, you'll be able to talk to her at a future date, and certainly starting March 10th on her own show. Now, coming up next week, we have two guests uh, in line for our next show. We will have Tyler Christopher, who plays Nicholas Cassadine on General Hospital, and Aidan Turner, who played Aidan Devane on All My Children. So until we meet again next week, uh, try to avoid evil twins and mine shafts and all kinds of crazy things like that because we want to see you back here next week, every Friday on Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'll talk to you next week.